You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. My heart is so full. My heart is so full. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. All right, so I've been speaking on the man, the message, and then the mandate. Praise God. The man, the message, the mandate. I am done with the man. I'm done with the message. This Wednesday, I continued. So you need to get uh, the tape so that you can have. I, I took it um, in another dimension. So you need to really get it. Today, I am concentrating on the mandate. If I don't get to finish, I'll continue on Wednesday. Yeah. The mandate. The mandate, the mandate. What it is is that the man who gave us the message has given us the mandate. Praise the Lord. The authority. (laughs) Which comes with an assignment. Is it one thing that people don't know is that anytime you are given authority... It is because you have been giving an assignment. Please note this. Otherwise, you are going to abuse what? Authority. Because there are a lot of people who use authority not considering the assignment they have been given. And that's exactly what church has become today. We actually don't know that the power that is giving us and the authority we have is for an assignment. And the assignment is so well prescribed. So well defined. Praise God. Alright, so if you are giving power, if you are giving authority, and you don't understand your assignment, there would definitely be abuse. So for everybody who understands and knows this man and the message the man has given us, then what we need to do is to that authority, that mandate, and go and speak the message. Do the assignment. Oh, praise God. Are you understanding me? And I'm sure by the time I'll be done, you would understand your mandate. Listen, we can have what we call various visions as churches and ministers, but there is one core assignment given to everybody from the Pope to the least member of the kingdom of God. Are you understanding me? No matter what pedigree or titles you have given yourself, there is one core assignment that is given to us. And if you don't do that, you have done nothing. Everything you have done is zero. If you leave that core assignment and you focus on other things, you are usurping, abusing authority. Now, when you are a messenger, you deliver the message you were sent to give. Oh, hello. Is that true? Is that what messengers do? 
Do you concoct your story? Do you live and pass by and go to visit somebody and talk to them and tell them about your problems? When you are done and you are satisfied, then you go on the errand. And that's exactly what all of us are guilty of. We are so guilty about this. And we actually measure our success with the needless things that the one who gave us the assignment doesn't bother about. With your mandate comes a marking scheme. Oh, is that true? With your mandate, there is a marking scheme. Jesus, in a case study in John chapter 4, would introduce us to this woman. And John chapter 4 verse 1 actually speaks clearly to the fact that there were so many ways to Jerusalem. But Jesus decided to pass through Samaria. I've read all the portions, uh, all the versions of scripture, and all of them pointed to the fact that he could have historically, geographically, I've searched through and I've found, he could have passed so many other ways to Jerusalem. But he said, I choose to pass through Samaria. Why? Because he wanted to introduce us to the mandate, the assignment the father gave him so that we can understand the assignment and then we as well can take on the mandate and deliver the assignment when he's gone. So he was on his way to go die on the cross. But he said, I need to pass through Samaria and give my people a vivid picture of what I came to do and how they must do it. So he met this woman at the well. Number one, Jews were enemies to the Samarians. So they have nothing in common. So Jesus, number one, decided to go meet an enemy. Hello? Are you understanding me? So he didn't go to meet his best friend. He didn't go to meet his loved one. He didn't go to meet a relative. Jesus went to meet an enemy. And as a matter of fact, the Jews considered the Samaritans as sinners. So it's actually a taboo to be seen talking to them. Because of the history behind the conflict. The Samaritans had mixed gods. They don't just serve Yahweh. They have mixed Yahweh with other strange gods. And so the Jews had nothing to do with them. The separation came from the time of Solomon. Where Jeroboam and Rehoboam. The sons of Solomon divided the kingdom. All right? And so that's how the conflict began. And so Jesus had no reason to talk to the Samaritan. But everything he does, the heart of it is love. Can you believe this? Forget about Jews and Samaritans. Even in the community for which the woman was, even the community also regarded the woman as a sinner. Hello? Are you hearing me? So it is not just the conflict of a Jew and a Samaritan. Even the community regarded the woman Jesus was talking to as a deviant. In other words, somebody, when everybody is going here, she is going there. She has a bad record. Continuously. She does what everybody will flaunt on. 
And she's cool with it and doesn't care about anybody. But Jesus went to meet her. Somebody say, I've been given the mandate. So Jesus met this woman. And they started a conversation. Straight away, Jesus presented a need. <laughs> Jesus said, I am here to meet your need. You came to fetch water. But I have more to give you than the water you are taking. Whatever you are taking can save you for a while. But I have something that can save you into eternity. It will quench your thirst forever. And you will even thirst no more. Remember, at the time Jesus was talking to this woman, he had not died. It was prior to his death. And so he had to do something for the woman to recognize who he is. So the woman can accept the message. So Jesus used the prophetic to speak to the woman about her situation. And she said, you have been with these several men. Even the one you are with is not your husband. And the woman said, how did you know that? And the woman recollected, remembered what prophecy has spoken about this man who would come and this man would tell you things about yourself he is the messiah and so he said hey are you the messiah to come jesus said you just got it i am he oh hello and so the moment the woman caught it bible says she left the water pot she left the temporary need Somebody today must leave that temporary need and go out to the same people that despise them and tell them, I have seen the Messiah. And you have a better message because in your dispensation, this Jesus has died. This Jesus is resurrected. So your message actually is direct. I have not just seen the Messiah, but the Messiah has died for me. The Messiah has done the great exchange for me. I am no more who anybody says I am. I am a new creator. And as you receive him today, so are you. She ran. She was in haste. Are you in haste? To go share the gospel. Did you see the woman do any other thing? She just believed and she went. Hello? She just believed and she, don't, she did what? Did she give any excuse? I am shy of the people. These people have looked down on me for a long time. I don't have water to drink. I, I don't have that. I need that. Did she give any excuses? She was awed by the revelation of the Messiah and the gift of eternity served her. And she said, let me just go. May you be in haste. Oh, praise the Lord. So Jesus is now about to show us to understand that this is the core of what he came to do. So look at what this account speaks to us from here. Look at the account. So the woman is gone to share the good news. I have seen Jesus, the one the prophet spoke about. Just then his disciples arrived. They were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But none of them asked him why or what they had been discussing. Next. Then the woman left her water pot beside the well, went back to the village, and told everyone, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Messiah? So the people came, streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat. No, he said. I have some food you don't know about. Oh, Jesus. 
I have some food you don't know about. You want me to eat? I am satisfied. I have already eaten. I am nourished. I am fulfilled. Look at what he said. They were asking, who brought it to him? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. sent me and from finishing his work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at the explanation. He goes into detail. He says what? Do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends four months from now? In other words, do you think sharing the good news it's way ahead. It's in the future. No, it is not in the future. Can you believe it? Even when he had not died. He says sharing the good news is not in the future. Go and announce it. Even prior to my death. And actually when I am dead, it shall be even be done better and more. Oh, praise God. Watch this. He said, look around you. Vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for reaping. Oh, praise God. Anytime Jesus talks about we winning souls, he never talks about sowing. Because he is the sower. The Holy Ghost is already at work. He always talks about harvesting. So when we talk about soul weeding, you are not a sower. You are only a harvester. You got to reap what has already been sown. You are not the one to do the work. You are just a vessel that by your presence, the Holy Spirit works. And he's already working on the heart of that man, that woman. And as you speak and give them the message, he gives conviction. So you are only a harvester. Praise God. He said, vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for reaping. Vast souls, vast souls, vast souls are so ready around you. They are ripening. Go ahead, somebody, and share the good news because they are ready for harvest. Stop sitting in church. And feeling good. Feeling good. You come to church and we dance and you enjoy everything we do here. Do you know why you enjoy it? You enjoy it because you are saved. It is the joy of your salvation that churns out. That joy, that excitement. Because you know you have eternity in you. It is not just for you. Somebody also needs this. Oh, praise God. Look at Luke 19 verse 10. Luke 19 verse 10. Let's all read it go. What does it say? For the son of man came to do what? Came to Seek unto save. Oh, wow. Somebody say, my mandate. my mandate. Jesus came to what? Seek. And what? Ask the next person, are you searching for souls? Are you searching for the lost? So you can harvest them for Christ. Please wait for their answer. Number one, seek and save the lost. And you are happy in the office with the lost. And you are giving them, flowing them funds. Oh, yes. And you admire them actually better than yourself. 
You look at them and you feel pity rather for yourself. No matter what they have, you have the best. They are lost. You have been found. Yes. Oh, praise God. Yes. You have been found. They are lost. They are lost. I don't care what you think they have. I don't care what you think anybody has. If they, listen, Jesus has not found them. They don't have anything. Please, listen to me very carefully. If you are in this Christianity thing, and in your whole mind, what occupies it is how you can feed your kids, how you can take your children to school, how, and that is what occupies your mind, you don't know the mandate you have been given. I'm telling you. You, you have lost it. It's like somebody who is cooking food. And everything they are thinking about is the spices. By the time they realize, they destroy the food they are cooking. Because they place so much emphasis on the spices, forget about the food. Everything about life is just to give it some spice. Your concentration might be on the food you are cooking. Everything else is just to spice it. It's just to give it some seasoning. But the raw deal is that you win a soul for the Lord. That is your mandate. Oh, are you here with me? Yes. So you're measuring yourself by the kind of room you are living in. And you say, my standard has changed. My level has changed. Oh, are you sure? Your level has changed because you are wearing Gucci shoes. Because your watch is Versace. When Versace may be lost and he needs to be found. And he becomes your level changer. Are you not miserable? You, don't you know who you are? Don't you know who you are? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It doesn't matter your pedigree when it comes to material stuff. It doesn't matter your pedigree when it comes to political stuff. What matters is that you have found Christ or Christ has found you. That's what matters. That's the game changer. As a game changer. You can say, oh, ask my pastor what you are saying, dear. What you are saying, dear. You can have your mindset. It doesn't change what the fact is. It doesn't change it. Truth is truth. Then you have no business being a believer at all. Because the reason why you are a believer and the mandate you have been giving is to win a soul. Look at the next. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Let's all read it. Go. Therefore, he is what? He is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede. Oh, praise God. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? That's why you only harvest. Because he's interceding. Oh, praise God. He's convicting their souls. And all you need to go is to speak the word. Speak the message. Praise God. Look at what he's doing. He so loves us. He doesn't want us to perish. Do you think hell was made for human beings? No. 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 Anytime he talks about the world, he talks about a sea of people. But he's talking about the fire, a hellfire, he talks about a lake. A lake. Because it's not meant for the sea of people. 
It's no means for a sea of people. Why does he use that metaphor? Why does he use the lake? Because it's not meant that a lot of people, no, no, that is not meant. So people must be snatched out by the love of this God. And you are the messenger. You have been given the mandate. It is not a light mandate. This is serious business. What I'm talking about is a matter of life and death. And we're talking about eternity here. It has no end. Somebody close to you is going and they need the message from you. Message from you. Next. Look at David. You see, the reason why David was so much on the heart of God because even when the promise had not been revealed, David's heart for God is that all men will know him. All men will know God. In Psalm 67, 1, 1 verse 2, let's already look at David. Even in that time, what did he say? Go. Oh God, in mercy, bless us. Let your face beam with joy as you look down at us. Now God does not beam with joy to look down on you. Now he lives inside of you. And you have his favor 24-7. Oh, praise God. Are you understanding me? You access the throne any day, any time. Is that right? Because he lives right inside of you. He's never angry with you. He so loves you. But look at David and what David said. David, who only met God at certain times, at certain points. Look at what he said. Look at his desire. Look at his passion. Is that your passion? Look at what David said. What did he say? He said what? Send us what? Around the world. With the news of your saving power. And your eternal plan for all mankind. Give me good marriage. Is that what David said? said, in the light of your countenance. Shining upon me. Send me out. Give me the mandate. Now you have been given the mandate. And you are rather asking for certain things. That has become your priority. Your priority. Do you know that <laughs> Jesus did something to show the disciples that this is the priority of life? What did he do? You know, when he was sending them to go and evangelize, he said they shouldn't take money. He said they should not take anything. They should just go. And he says, when you go, I shall place in your way somebody who will help you. We don't understand this thing we have been called into. Wait. You see, listen. When the one who gave you the authority sends you, and you go on what the mandate, he used the authority, and you go on what he has given you to go, and you go do the assignment, he brings people in your way to take care of your personal needs. Is that true? When he was about to be crucified, just on that day, when Judas was about to betray him, he told them something. Listen to me. He said, now you can take the money if you have some. You can take some sword if you have some. They didn't know what was going to happen because he was about to leave them in three days. He said, now you can go for those things if you have them. In other words, your protection for these three days may be gone. You will be in want or in need for these three days. But then you didn't need them because I'm around. 
see, we are putting the cat before the horse. And it's the reason why most of us struggle. Because we and the worldly people are the same. We are all chasing every day. And we are fighting with them. In the office. Hey, 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 hey. Every time. Fighting, fighting, fighting for things. And they have so much infiltrated our camp right now that all we think about in our prayer topics are things. Come to church. And they're preaching. Four ways to prosper. Come to church. Five ways of empowerment. Wealth empowerment. Come to church. Strategies. To pay debt. Shese. Listen. So many things that make, you don't know what we are psychologically doing. Psychologically, we are telling believers that this is how to do to match the world. Because the world has gotten something that we don't have. And that's why you sit in church, but you feel very little. That's why you are a believer, because every message that comes is to make you meet up with the standard of an unbeliever. You are not meant to know that you have so much than them. And when you focus on what you have been giving, you are going to get more than what they have. Jesus. Such myopic understanding of the gospel. Thank God for grace. I've preached those things, and you know it. And I preached them well, didn't I? <laughs> I preached them well. I preached them well. I remember any time I go to the headquarters and preach, my CDs, they'll finish. They'll, right there, they will finish. They'll order, pre order them. Because I bring clarity to it. <laughs> Only to come and realize it was out of the marking scheme. Ofunu. You see, we can do workshops on the side to take care of some of those things. That's why, <laughs> that's why when in Acts they were troubled and there were people who said, we can't get food, we can't get this, we can't get that. Peter said, okay, let's select seven men to, seven men to take care of these so that we can concentrate on prayer and the word. Somebody say focus. focus. Right now, the concentration right now in church it's not on this. The prayer and the word is not on. What are the lights you have? Uh, you know, the, those are the, the opera, the theater. That is so much what has occupied our mind, the spices. Jesus said, what I love, what gives me nourishment, is to do the will of the Father. Oh, praise God. And to finish it. Okay, let's go to the next. Somebody say, this is a command. Please, say it like you mean it. Mark 16, 15, what does it say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Wow, have you checked to every creature? Has it come to you? Has it hit you? <laughs> Not to every person. 
creature. Romans says, all creature is waiting for their day of manifestation. All creature, the birds, the dogs, the sea, everything needs to hear the gospel. Oh, praise God. Wherever things are, God wants to take over. Jesus wants to be Lord over them. Oh, praise God. I want you to read this as a command to you yourself. So, you want to say, and he said to me, mention your name. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to Okay, let's all go together. And he said to me, mention your name, Joshua. Mm -hmm. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Has he given you the mandate? Do you receive the mandate? So what have you been doing? 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 Look at the next. Let's all go. Go. So, so Jesus said to them, John 20, 21, Peace to you as the Father has sent me. I also send you. So put your name there right now. So Jesus said to me, Peace be to you, Josh Chatalai. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Hello. So let me hear you say, Go. So Jesus said to mention your name. Okay. Peace be. To you, as the Father has sent me, I also send. Do you, when somebody sends you, do you just sit at the place you are sitting? What do you do? So now, how do I ask it? Did you go? Are you going? Are you gone? <laughs> How do I put it? Which one? About to go. <laughs> or continuous. Going. You know. So you see, we come and we shout and we enjoy ourselves. But the point is, did you go? Yes. Did you go? Are you gone? Have you been going? Maybe that's good. It's repentance. It's called change of mind. I will be going. Right from here, somebody must go. Oh, praise the Lord. Somebody must go. Somebody must go. Somebody. Is that simple? Do you need to explain this? No, you don't need to. You don't need to. As the father sent me. Did he tell us what the father sent him to do? Did he tell us? In John chapter 4, are you getting the point? Yes, he said, I want to do what the father sent me to do. That's my food. That's my nourishment. Is that right? Is that right? Yes. What did he do? He won a soul. Is that right? Yes. And said, as he has sent me to win souls, I also send you. Go and win souls. Go and win souls. Give me the next. Acts chapter 1, 6 to 8. Now with the apostles, when the Holy Ghost had come. 
when the Holy Ghost was about to be released, rather, sorry. Look at what happened. And I really want to emphasize on this. Because that's exactly what the church is doing today. That all of us would have to wake up from us, our slumber and our sleep and do what we need to do. Praise God. Look at it. It says, and another time, when he appeared to them, they asked him, Lord, are you going to free Israel from Rome now and restore us as an independent nation? The father sets those states, he replied, and they are not for you to know. So, in the minds of the apostles, the reason why Jesus came was to free them from the Roman captivity. They want to be politically free. So, in their minds, listen very carefully, in their minds, a man's freedom, oh Jesus, is in a free state. When you have a free state, then you'll be a free man. Are you here with me? Yeah. Is that not the same way we think? When Ghana is free, then I will be free. Oh, hello? Can you read into it? Did the freedom come? Yes, it came. When they were far, far gone, 1948. 1948, 14th May, Israel became free as an independent nation. But Jesus was trying to communicate that the freedom of a man has nothing to do with the freedom of their nation. He says, don't bother yourself with that. That's not the freedom. If you need freedom, it's beyond that. Oh, so America is a free nation. America is a powerful nation. Now look at the powerful nation. They can't even now differentiate a woman from a man. Can, can you believe this? Human beings created in the image of God who can think. Now there's a difference between sex and gender. Now, a lady who calls herself a man by force can walk into the washroom of men and squat to wee wee. <laughs> now, you call this freedom. So, you see, some of these preachings we have been preaching. You see, and we think that this is the gospel. Jesus says, you are bothering yourself on what I have not called you to do. He said, that one, the father himself will take care of it. Because he is the father of all creation. So he can pick anybody. Even unbelievers can do it. That is not a big deal. Oh, are you hearing me? Yeah. Can you hear the gospel? You are bothering yourself on what I have not called you to do. You are wasting your time. I can pick anybody. Anybody can do that. And that one is in the father's domain. You don't detect that. You don't work that out. I have given you what you have to work out. Go after that. So the next verse, he says, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power to testify about me with great effect to the people in Jerusalem throughout Judea, in Samaria to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection. And resurrection. Everything is captured. 
The man, the message, the mandate. Everything is captured. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's not to be economically viable. Jesus. Are you here with me? It is not to give you political connection. He says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, all the Holy Ghost is going to do is to make you what? Testify about Jesus. With great effect. Somebody say, focus. Focus. Oh, Jesus. And he says, Throughout uh, in, uh, 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 um, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the... And he says, what's the message? About my death and what? Resurrection. Oh, praise God. It's not that Jesus is coming soon. I didn't tell you to tell them Jesus is coming soon. Maranatha. Yes, Who told you that's the gospel? Who told you that's the gospel? Who told you that? You think when you say that, then they will receive Christ? Ah, if the person doesn't believe about his first coming, do they care about his second coming? Wake up. You say Jesus is coming soon. The person even doesn't believe that Jesus came in the first place. To die and to resurrect. And that Jesus is God. And he's been delivered and saved from his sin. Now you are telling him Jesus is coming soon. If I woman. All of you who wear eyelashes, makeup, or gym, straight. Gospel. Gospel. These are the things that has polluted the gospel. Polluted the gospel. Give me the next. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 tells us, it gives us the clarity of the mandate that the pastors, the apostles, the evangelists, the teachers, the pastors who are teachers have been giving the work that has been given to us for you, the believer. Let's all read it go. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Let's all go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints. For what? For the work of ministry. And for the edifying of the... So first is for the work of what? First is for the work of before what? Edifying the body. Because if there is no work of ministry, you can't have a body to edify. Edifying the body is talking about discipleship. The work of the ministry is talking about evangelism. So the work of ministry is that all of us have been called to go out and preach the gospel. And when they have come, we will also help for them to be discipled, to be edified, to be built up. That's the word edify. Oh, praise God. Are you hearing me? So if you have not gone out to preach the gospel, the work of ministry where is the edification? Who are you going to edify? 
Tell me. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. It defines the work of ministry. Let's all go. Go. Now all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has what? The ministry of so what is the work of ministry? Going out to win souls. To reconcile them to Christ. That is the work of ministry. If you are not doing that, you have not started. Pray. Yes, you pray. It will edify you. Pray. Yes, you have fellowship. Beautiful. But the work of the ministry is go out. Speak to a soul. Win a soul for Jesus. It's the work of ministry. And it's called the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Praise God. That's why he explains it further. Look at what he says. Go. That is, what is the ministry of reconciliation? That is what? That God in Christ, what? Reconciling the word the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us so the work of ministry is to go out tell the world your sin is no more against you Christ has cancelled it oh praise the Lord it is called the word of reconciliation As an expert, are you doing the work of ministry? Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.